You're listening to episode 57 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew. And I'm your host, Eli. And I have been waiting for a long time to say this, coming Uh-oh. to you from Mahachkala, Dagestan. Yes, it's happened. Wait, are you like, Eli, are you just traveling through there? or You know, those days have flown. I have officially moved. I am a resident of Dagestan. And it's amazing. Congratulations. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. It is so no small feat. So you're telling me you live, you live in the same place that Habib Nurmagomedov lives? Well, I would, I would say he lives in the same place I live, but... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I should I should cut that. We're gonna get respect. rocks in the window. Habib, respect. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll I've got stories about that. But yes, that is awesome, man. Congratulations. So you and your family right. moved. You left Pitigorsk and you moved to Dagestan. We left Pitigorsk at least twice to try and make this move. <laughs> I won't regale our listeners with a long and sordid story, but Flat uh, tires, yes, you had to come back. Oh, if only it were that simple. But no, we we left twice, maybe three times, and uh, we're here. Yeah, we came in August. We've been here for a few weeks. We're getting our kids plugged into school, kindergarten, that kind of stuff, um, and just finding our way around. It's a big city. It's way bigger than Pitigorsk. Yes, one of those videos you sent me. Uh, I don't think you were holding your phone while you were driving, but you, you were showing me something while you were driving and I, I immediately noticed, wow, that's like an actual, I don't know if metropolis is the word, but it was clear. It's a big city. Look at all the traffic, all the lanes and the highway. And, and then people drive like it's an even bigger city. So (laughs) it just magnifies it. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, we have a lot to discuss about Dagestan, uh, related to your move. That's for sure. Well, we will um, how dig about, into that. Before we get to that, we got to uh, give a retro shout, shout out um, to our big Chislickers in South Dakota. Now, if, if you're not sure what that is and you think Andrew may have said like a bad word or something, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. That's right. We have to give a bag, big shout out to the Chislick crew. So why don't you refresh us, Andrew? What is Chislick? Yes, so uh, Chislik (laughs) is... And how does it taste? Yeah, we did an episode, an amazing interview. This was episode 46, if you didn't hear it. We released that last this past May. But with um, Marnette Hoffer from... Marnette! Yes, South Dakota, uh, in this little corner, the southeast corner of the state called the Chislik Circle. And they have this really famous food there, which is basically fried lamb on a stick and through a bunch of Marnette's research, she was able to track the roots of Chislik coming to South Dakota through German settlers who came from the North Caucasus probably about 150 years ago. Absolutely has, incredible. And concluded that Chislik is some version of the word shashlik, which as we all know is near and dear to our hearts. Yes. So, they had the festival. It was July 28th. It was on a Sunday, and they were prepared for thousands. Yeah. Yeah, and they had their first in 2018 last year. They literally decided to do it at the last minute, and like 10,000 people showed up. 
And oh, so man. they they put a year's worth of planning into this thing. And by all reviews, everything you can see online, it was just absolutely fantastic. A everything smashing that, success. Yes. Congratulations, Marnette, and the whole Chislick team. I mean, that was awesome. I so wish we could have been there. Yeah, I mean, media outlets all over that part of the States have been writing about it. Um, and we got a, we got a couple shout outs to give here because unfortunately, uh, Eli and I were not able to make it, uh, personally, despite Marnette's, uh, very gracious invitation, but we had a couple of listeners who actually went to the Chislick festival. So, uh, first Unbelievable. Off, yeah, first off, big shout out to Eric from Arizona. He bought a plane ticket and flew to South Dakota just to attend the Chislick Festival. Amazing. So Eric is a, is a good friend of our families, and he was doing some traveling, and they said, we can make this happen. And lo and behold, they showed up and was like, yeah, we're friends of Caucus Talk. We came here from Arizona. <laughs> and of course, their jaws, jaws fell to the floor. But I just got to say, that's the kind of listeners we have. It's and that's amazing. the kind of grammar I'm using right now, okay? Okay. <laughs> And uh, Eric uh, figured out a way to, he, he got a shirt. Smuggled me through dark channels. Through, uh, through customs in Moscow, <laughs> down to the original source of Chislik. And so I'm holding in my hands right now a, the official shirt from the Chislik Festival. It says Chislik and Good. <laughs> It's awesome. It's got two you, skewers of Chislik on here. And for our listeners who are not uh, from the United States, that is a wordplay. Often we will say about something that tastes really good that it's finger licking good. Like you like like fried chicken, it's so tasty, and then you lick your fingers afterwards. You want every little crumb. And actually, this word wordplay has run into trouble at different places in the world. For example, uh, it was at least the official like motto or one of the advertising slogans for KFC or when it yes. was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Finger licking good is what they would say. But I heard a story, probably some of you have too, when they tried to enter the, <laughs> the East Asian market and they translated it into Chinese, it came out <laughs> something like, so tasty you will eat your fingers. And everyone's like... <laughs> I don't get it. And they're like, okay, enough with the idioms. <laughs> Come on, KFC. <laughs> Come on, guys. We can help you with this stuff. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, just so looking anyways. good does translate, if you ask me. That is a, a great Well, well played and well done, uh, <laughs> South Dakota Chislick Festival. So, Eric, big shout out to our listener, Eric, who got us this shirt, attended the festival. And then maybe even a bigger shout out ah, to... Yeah. Faithful Caucus Talk listener and big fan of the North Caucasus himself, Ian Tuttle in Nebraska. I would say Ian goes beyond big fan. He goes into like fanatic. Raving and fan, actually, baby. There's, there's like a really distinct Russian hierarchy of the words like fan, fanat, yeah. i fanatik. Like yes. these three tiers. Are you fan? Are you fanat? Or are you fanatic? And I would say he's like between the second and third. I mean, he's up there. We mean that in the most pandering, the best positive way. way. Absolutely. <laughs> You're so the best kind of fanatic, uh, Ian. Mar Marnette had invited us to uh, personally attend and basically have a booth talking about the origins of Shashlik in the North Caucasus. And Ian graciously stepped in and 
built this ridiculously amazing booth, and then he cooked his own shashlik. Uh, that the he guy learned. had a poster, like it was like a presentation. He gave a twenty-minute lecture. Yes, in his in his traditional outfit. And we shared this. Uh, we shared it an early August post or a late end of July post on our a Facebook page, and listeners. I, if you want to see it, yeah, twenty-five just, minute I, spiel, amazing. I just have to say, I've never met Ian. He was at Pitygorsk State University, which is where you met him, Andrew. And that's right. I've I've heard of him and I've seen some posts, but this was really my first introduction to him. And Ian, I was majorly impressed and quite grateful. Thank you and <laughs> good job. Yes, yes. So, man. <laughs> Caucus Talk community uh, stepping up stepping to the plate. Stepping it up. That's right. Awesome. So again, congratulations, uh, Chislik Festival. Uh, I'm sure there will be a year three. You guys are doing awesome. And a uh, big shout out to Eric and Ian for uh, attending and helping. Makes me hungry just talking about it. Yes. So, man, let's move from Chislik to Dagestan. There's so much we, we need to talk about in this episode, Eli. We got to get talking. (laughs) First off, another congratulations to the unified lightweight MMA champion of the world, Habib Nurmagomedov. Another dominating performance uh, this past Saturday night against our fellow American, Dustin Poirier. To Uh, whom our hearts go out. I mean, our fellow countrymen and an amazing athlete in his own right. I would wish it on nobody to step in that ring with Habib. Oh, man. It was almost disappointingly short. It was like, and that's, it was just breathtaking. Yeah. So, uh, Habib, uh, and I don't know how many of you guys follow um, MMA, mixed martial arts, but uh, he is an Avar Dagestani, and um, he won the title about a year ago in Las Vegas, and there was crazy chaotic scene and fight out of the ring after after the fact, and his suspension's over now. He won that belt back again this past Saturday night. And they're saying now, I mean, he's in the conversation for most dominating fighter ever in the mixed martial arts. He has to be. Yeah. Um, Just brings that wrestling style, the grappling style, the skills into the ring. And basically nobody can compete with his wrestling. That's what's so good about him. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, man. So... Eli, you got to tell us, you posted some stuff live <laughs> from Mahachkala the night of the fight. Like, what was that like being there? Well, first of all, it was a little bit intimidating, I'll be honest. <laughs> so last year, I went to the Habib uh, McGregor fight, uh, but I was in the U.S. at that time. Some of you may remember. We have yeah. some sound bites from that. And I went to a big sports bar. <laughs> And I was in Texas, and I wore my my uh, Caucasus papaha, my giant woolly hat, just yep. like Khabib has. His is white, mine was brown. So, and I, as soon as like I walked in, I got this feeling like, oh, like I wonder if this was a miscalculation. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around at all these like sidelong glances and. And so I, I wanted to find a venue to watch the fight here. And I asked yeah. around and people are like, anywhere, you go everywhere, go to the movie <laughs> theaters. All the movie theaters were showing the fight, but wow. all the tickets were sold out. That is awesome. I called some nicer restaurants. They're like, yeah, yeah, we're sure. That, but we're all sold out. It's like the Kafka equivalent of a opening night of Star Wars, midnight I showing. Mean, everyone <laughs> was into it. I, I should share this 
um, video I found from like a little village. They had some small stadium and it's full of hundreds and hundreds of people. And there's a guy on a bandstand in the middle with a, with a bullhorn, just like, like, we love you, Habib, Habib. And just this whole crowd That's just into awesome. like the, his phone is shouting. So I decided to play it up a little bit, Andrew. And I went to a, a cafe near my place that, that said they were showing it. And actually, I called ahead. The guy's like, yeah, we have no tables left. I said, well, I'm an American. I do a, a podcast, and I'd really love to record some of your guys' reactions. He's like, all right, come along. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I've, I'll, I'll make a place for you. Play that card. That's awesome. So I have a little, this tiny little flag holder that you like put on a tabletop, and you get these little 10-inch flags, you know, the little. Yeah. And I, I had that. And I had an American and a Russian flag, and I decided I was just going to go with it. So I got <laughs> to this cafe, and I sat down next to this table full of, like, Caucasus dudes who are like, uh, hello. And I take out my flags, and I put up the Russian flag and the American flag on my table, and they're all looking at me like, is this going to be a problem? And uh, But, of course, they were so friendly, and they all wanted to pose with me and my flags. And That's awesome. Instantly, they were Instagramming. So, um I would say it was a super chill atmosphere until the fight began. Yeah. And then like all around me, knees started like shaking and bobbing and guys started like shifting in their seats and this energy was building. I mean, Caucasus guys are very cool, calm and collected on the outside and they don't do a lot of show of emotion. Yeah. And soon just like they couldn't hold it back and shouts started coming out and shouts started coming out until of course at the end there was just an eruption. And in fact, Andrew, I'm going to go ahead and play my audio oh, from sweet. From that moment, I'll yes. go ahead and put that in right now. Um, yeah, I'm going to this cafe to watch it. And um, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, this is a really big fight. And uh, it's between an American and Habib. And I happen to be an American. In my bag, I'm armed with my dictaphone, which I'm using right now walking down the street. And people are really not fans of this kind of stuff. Like videoing and recording and stuff so you know best case scenario i get a place to stand maybe some people to chat to with and watch the fight and get some good nuggets and they're screaming in the back i don't know maybe people are going to be super like chill and like reserved I, I, I doubt it worst case scenario you know they smash my dictaphone and i go to jail actually that would be the worst case because if i go to jail i want my recorder Okay, here we are. The Deem. The Deem. It is the Smoke Cafe where they serve specialized in non-alcoholic beer. All right, I'm getting led to a special seat. I'm going upstairs. They're all packed out, but they're finding me a special place. Assalamu alaikum. Spasiba. I've been brought to a table of all Rutsulski guys. Guys, Gavrit, hello. 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 Hi. Yeah, these are all guys from, they're all Rutsul. And that's a whole other bag of worms. It's a whole different language. I got to get them to speak some Rutul. But they've given me a Rutulski Sharma. I'm really excited to try it. So here we go. Here we go. Mmm. 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 Super. 
Oh, 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 oh. He's getting some good hits off him. Oh, he's got the choke hold on. So they were just so pumped, and That's great. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Um, and another fun part was when I actually left the cafe to walk home. It was midnight here, yeah. And out on the street, people were just honking, just like honk, 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 <laughs> and waving to each other. I mean, the whole. I'll play. Let me play that. I just have a clip. It's funny. All right. Well, walking home from the Habib fight. People are just honking in joy. This is not, guys, this is not traffic. It's just like happiness. Happiness, that's just, this is all happiness. Nobody is angry right now. They're just honking because of Habib. You hear that? That's because of Habib. And it's midnight. So they're pretty pumped. Uh, that's traffic. That's because there's a green light and someone's not going. That's awesome. So. Um, overall, it was a really fun time. The guys were really uh, glad to have you know uh, have me there, and uh, it was great. That's awesome. I want to come down there for the next Habib fight, and you should go with your little flag stand into a cafe <laughs> and participate <laughs> with you in this. <laughs> I, I honestly, I was like, is this is this a worse idea than going? <laughs> it, it, like to a bar in Texas with a papa. I think Texas was probably more dangerous, but uh, that's so <laughs> no. awesome. There's no danger. As long as Habib that. wins, all is good. <laughs> Seriously, that's Seriously. cool, man. Well, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it like a national holiday there? Like, were people not working the next day? Or, I mean, <laughs> when he beat McGregor, I was seeing videos of just ridiculous celebrations all over the Republic. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know that this had quite the yeah. Um, I think you're right. The fevered pitch that that fight had. Right. Um, it was Sunday the next day anyway, so I was I was mostly at home. But I'm sure people had a late night and took the day off. Very cool. Well, it's cool. Habib's success is basically bringing lots of attention to the North Caucasus, to Dagestan, and everything. That's what the guys said to me. They said no one knew about us or cared about us until Habib. So they see him like as a statesman almost. He really is. And I think he's a great statesman in a lot of ways. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, And um, it's been really cool. There's just way more positive press about the region than there used to be, specifically because of Habib, you know, so that's really neat. Um, Yeah, man. So you moved to Dagestan. Habib won the lightweight title. Life is good. What more is there to say? (laughs) Well, you've got a pretty big announcement here. Um, A little, uh, probably a lot of our listeners right now are like, why did he move to Dagestan? That's crazy. You are not alone. And I, uh, it's funny. uh, I saw on a TripAdvisor comment board yesterday that I'm connected to about travel to the Caucasus. And a guy just wrote, I'm an American. I'm planning on relocating to Dagestan. How do I get there? And I just, on earth, I cracked up because I was like, everybody reading this right now is 
either thinking, what, why is he doing that? Or he's doing that because of Habib. (laughs) 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 So I wonder if our listeners right now are thinking, did Eli move down there because of Habib or like, what's that connected with? Uh, So give us Eli. No connection to Habib. Any American moving to Dagestan has to explain themselves. And I mean, all day, every day. I mean, and like, <laughs> listeners, just so you know, like, I mean, riding in taxis, anytime we meet new people here, even in Pitigors, that's pretty much the first question they always ask is like some version of, why did you move here? Or what are you doing here? Or if it's not a secret, why did you move here? Or what did you lose that you ended up here in the Caucasus? <laughs> um, so. Tell us about your move, kind of big picture, and then we'll move in here to some of your new initiatives going on. Right. So the big picture is um, just a couple years ago, kind of got, I would say, the Caucasus bug bite um, as I was looking toward PhD work and kind of a maybe sort of a career shift from where we'd been in the States. And my wife and I have always been travelers. We've lived overseas in different countries. And um, so... We thought, let's try this, and so we wanted to kind of take some time. That's Our season in Pitygorsk was a really wonderful time, but it was really warming up to seeing if, if we could put some time in here in Dagestan. Yeah. So initially, I would say my, uh, my, my primary kind of uh, impetus was uh, largely academic, though, like I said, we really love um, cultures. Yeah. Both my wife and I have degrees in intercultural studies, and even before we met, our purpose, our goal has been, goals have been to um, kind of serve and be uh, an asset to uh, other cultures. That's just something we both have connected on. So um, it's kind of in that large, larger context, we started moving here. And then on the ground, uh, met you and um, got connected with some other folks with similar interests. And the academic piece is still there, but we want to put some time in uh, to living in Dagestan, see how it goes um, for even some broader uh, projects. That's awesome. Listening to you speak, uh, I just have this thought, wow, he's such a better person than I am. Um, oh yes, that's right. Morally you guys, superior. <laughs> you guys, uh, you are you are great, good friends of our families. So, uh-huh. uh, you mentioned kind of your interest in other cultures. You have an academic background, uh, specifically with music. So, why don't we dive right into this new venture you've launched? I will let you make the introduction. Sure. So, um, I got connected with a guy doing a sociolinguistics. Uh, degree and focus, also with an interest in Dagestan. And so we're both here and we decided to come at this from a business angle. So we started a new business okay, based on uh, ethnography. And our business is called Apricot Media and Consulting, LLC. Cool. Yeah. So it's a, well, our vision statement, I really like it, sums it up. It says yeah. championing unsung cultures everywhere. Wow. Using ethnography, we want to do a few things. We want to create media and train media creators locally. Um, that would be from like documentary films to tourism films to archival um, heritage type recordings or projects. Right. And obviously that dovetails a lot with ethnomusicology, ethno choreology, which is the study of ethnic dance, um, and other of my academic interests. Um, but my 
business partner also has a strong business background, and we are hoping to uh, offer consulting services based on ethnographic research. So it's kind of like marketing, kind of like uh, business insights is probably the best way to put it. Okay. That's very cool. Uh, Yeah, I think you're, I love how you start with the vision, championing unsung cultures everywhere. Um, Thanks. That's really cool. So uh, in light of what you just mentioned is like practical services you can offer, like who do you envision wanting your services or like potential clients that you guys could work with and serve? So I think our primary, I mean, I know you're not asking me like a business plan, but our primary revenue, like the the main larger revenue, we uh, are pursuing corporations or businesses in Moscow or routing through Moscow who are interested in the North Caucasus as a developing or emerging market. Oh, cool. And want to bring products in. So big corporations like Starbucks have made big blunders going into new markets because they lacked cultural insight. Like when they tried to go into Australia, it totally flopped. They opened 20 chains or something and they just, it didn't take and they lost money and closed, closed them down because they came in with this model, but didn't ask the questions of what do Australians really want and they don't want that, you know, style uh, coffee shop. So even a, a big dogs like that need um, ground level cultural insight. So we're positioned as like bridge, uh, as a bridge culturally between a Western mindset and orientation and living here and having ground level experience. That's great. Yeah. So that's the main one um, in terms of like company wise. We also, like I said, tourism firms, we're working right now with a handicrafts uh, business that sells local Dagestani handicrafts in the U.S. And in the next, actually, even by the time this posts, uh, hopefully our videos will be on their website. Um, Awesome. And then I would say third, uh, we really want to, this is not a primary like income stream, though it will be, uh, you know, for profit, but we really want to train local kind of cultural champions in affordable and accessible, basically ethnographic or media skills. Because the best like defenders and uh, of local culture are going to be locals who's, you know, it's their vested interest and they're the experts. And uh, I think a lot of them, uh, we just hope to spread the spread a vision of how they can use media, use internet and stuff to strengthen um, what they already have and love. That's awesome, man. Very cool. So yeah, I think you have a really good idea of working with companies that are in Moscow. That's something I've learned with kind of as we're trying to, you know, open up more doors for tourism here into the region. Right. There are a ton of expats that live in Moscow and St. Petersburg, Right. thousands and thousands and big international corporations uh, looking to, you know, expand their business reach beyond just those big cities, you know? So I do exactly. think that's good. You guys can keep KFC from making that finger licking good gaff again. <laughs> do you know KFC is already here? It's true. Yeah. The KFC. And do you know what else is here? Probably because they're all owned by Pepsi is Subway of all restaurants. But there's no McDonald's, which is fine. I'm not asking for McDonald's, but I just think that's kind of <laughs> ironic. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that encouragement. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I really, you know, even on that end, well, it's like business. What does that have to do with ethnography? But strengthening the economy of the region is going to strengthen locals um, ability to kind of be uh, decision makers in in their own 
in their own cultures and stuff. So right, that's what we intend to do. That's really cool. I mean, to say that it's a niche would be an understatement. I mean, like <laughs> you're really offering a unique service that maybe almost nobody else is, you know, in right. the region. So right. I think it has a lot of value. Um, well, thanks, man. So how can people, I'm assuming you have a website. How can people kind of, <laughs> if they want to follow up, see more what you're doing, maybe there may be even people listening right now who would be interested in some collaboration. Yeah, sure. Well, our website is the best way to get in touch with us. It is apricot.consulting. Okay. That's it. So there's no .com, .net, whatever. We just did the, I thought it was <laughs> easy to remember and affordable. So apricot.consulting <laughs> is the website. Uh, we have an Instagram channel which at this point of this recording i haven't yet put any photos up but i shared it with one person here and we currently have at least nine followers <laughs> that just tells awesome. you how much people love um instagram here we're like who are what why who anyway. that's awesome well um yeah your website uh I do want to make a comment about your website because it is much better than our podcast website. Oh, what the well, heck? about that. <laughs> so the thing I is I mean that I mean that in the most positive way cuz I went on your website for the first time I was like this is really professional and cool. <laughs> wow, thanks man. Um <laughs> Well they're different things, you know? <laughs> you're you're right. You're right. They are different things. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna beef up our website here, but that's jump. That's, that I'm getting ahead. We have 14 followers, by the way, none of whom I've ever met, and all of whom are looking at no photos. So I think that's hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I want to Eli. I want to read a quote. I actually read this in a book last night, and it immediately reminded me of the Caucasus, and then specifically about apricot consulting. Wow. So uh, I'm reading a book right now. It's called Sea People. S E A people. So like the ocean people or sea people. Yes. Right. Uh, it was released this past spring. It's by Christina Thompson and it's about, uh, Polynesians, like basically the people oh. who, uh, live in all the islands in the Pacific ocean. And it's been so interesting so far, but I want to read bet. this, this little quote she has about the Polynesians and I, it's very applicable to this region and what you're doing right now. So, wow. uh, she says, um, the history of the Pacific Ocean is not just a tale of men and women in boats. It's also the story of all those who have wondered who Polynesians were, where they came from, and how they managed to find all those tiny islands scattered like stars in the emptiness of space. Thus, the book you have before you, a tale not just of the ancient mariners of the Pacific, but of the many people who have puzzled over their history. Sailors, linguists, archaeologists, historians, ethnographers, folklorists, biologists, and geographers who have each, as it were, put in their oar. And so I read this and I was like, wow, that is what's happening about the Caucasus right now. Yes, that um, is really true. And like, I hope we can bring that a light to, to the light just a little bit through Caucasus Dog. Because yeah. like, yeah. that's something you and I have discovered is like, Totally. People from all walks of life have been interested a long time in this region and are interested in this a long time. And just to rattle off a few linguists, geographers, archaeologists. Yes. I mean, right now, like the the whole wrestling community in the world is super interested in Dagestan. Yeah. Uh, travelers are. 
uh, ethnographers, people interested in dance and music. Right. Um, Photographers, there's a ton of of photography and like ground uh, grassroots videography going on because it's so breathtaking. I mean, who wouldn't, you know? And it kind of like Polynesia, those islands in the Pacific, it still today remains somewhat of a mystery to a lot of people in the world. And people from all over the world are wanting to learn more about it. And so I think what you guys are doing with Apricot is very timely. And man, I just, I'm going to give a very Russian, uh, and (laughs) like Jelania and wish for you. I just really wish the best for you guys that you can connect with, whether it's businesses or academics, nonprofits, whatever it is, and really kind of help champion these unsung cultures here of the caucuses. Yeah. It's really awesome. Well, I really appreciate that. And I'm hoping in this coming year that we will really find our feet and find a future for it here. Cause it's like you said, it's sort of uncharted and yeah. we're figuring it out as we go, but I've got an excellent business partner. Who's just worth his weight in gold and um, extremely competent and both businessman and with ethnographic background. So, um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of hope. So you can just keep us in mind, and uh, yeah, listeners, follow us on Instagram. We'll we'll have photos up there really soon. I promise. <laughs> so if uh, so if people want to contact you, what's the best way specifically related to Apricot Consulting? You can you can email info at apricot dot consulting. You can co- leave a comment on our website. You can go to uh, Instagram to get also that info and uh, follow us. That'll be the best the best way. Or if you're like most of you listeners, uh, you can email podcast at caucustalk.com and That's right. ask me yep. how to get in touch with Eli, and I will pass <laughs> pass you on to him. <laughs> but I'm not leaving Caucus Talk. It's true. Quite, quite the opposite. Well, and Caucus Talk has a lot of synergy with what you're doing as well. And so Indeed, and really what you're doing. Well. Shout well, out to your good... business partner. We will segue. Brian Smith, great guy. Yes. We'll get him on the podcast at some point. Oh, I got to do one more shout out. We already shouted out to Eric, who visited Chis Leak. I emailed a whole slew of friends when we were creating this. I said, hey, give me suggestions for a name of, of this business. And it was Eric's suggestion. He said, what is sweeter than a Dagestani apricot in summertime? And what as I guy. thought about it, what a poet. I was like, he also gave us the worst idea, which was, which was Kafkastic. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was so horrible. We actually didn't say the origin of the name. So apricots are uh, produced in Dagestan. Is that right? Oh, I'll just, let me just, let me just do this real quick. So there I am in this dark cafe watching the Habib fight next to a table of, of mountain guys. They're from the from the Andi um, ethnic group. They're all from, which is like way yeah, up there, right I've next to there. Chechnya. So they're like, we're all Andi. There. Yeah, you've driven through there. And somehow, like after an hour, they manifest this plate <laughs> full of plums and apricots. They're like, these are straight from our village. I was like, where did you get these? Out of their papaka. They Out of the, <laughs> they just, this is like how people here roll. They just like have their stuff with them. All the time. I'm like at a cafe. I'm not even at their house and they're, they're doing hospitality. And the apricots were so good. That's awesome. I just, mouth is watering. So there you go. Very apricot. cool, man. They love their apricots. 
All right. Well, we got some other kind of cool stuff. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for that interview, and oh, thanks yeah. for the encouragement. I really appreciate it. Um, so our podcast, as you all know, is just the hottest thing east of Elbrus <laughs> and <laughs> and the Mississippi. And the Mississippi. Um, and uh, <laughs> we've, you know, it's been a, a project, but it's kind of, it keeps growing and we keep tapping into these expat groups. And we figured we could probably get this thing to run on its own, to support itself. We're not in this for like, this is not a cash cow, obviously. Yes. But um, we decided. Not any that, kind of cash animal for that matter. Or a cash <laughs> sheep or, you know, choose your animal. Um, but we thought, you know, we have some really devoted listeners and there are people who might want to express that support financially. And we could really use that because it's not free to run this and who knows, you know, how it could continue to grow. So we are going to try something new. We're kind of going to experiment with this and see how it goes. We are launching a Patreon campaign. So Patreon is this basically website where creators have a little platform so that listeners, people who are interested in them can support them financially. Yeah. It's just that. And we're supposed to have like this list of rewards. You know, if you support at this level, we'll give you blah, blah, blah. And we will try and come up with something like that. (laughs) We will send you, you know, Caucasus tea, which is actually a very good reward, especially if we like put our faces on it and brand it. (laughs) Um, Big promises. Not only have we crossed over into the Patreon realm, but the Patreon people say, oh, you really need a video. So we have entered into the video sphere and we have a video. Man. Produced by yours truly. And so you get to see our faces, not just on Facebook, but uh, we have a little video explaining what we do and why uh, we would love your support. Yeah. I think it's a really inspiring video. Are we? It you did a great job with it, and um, thanks, Andrew. We have been getting this consistently from our listeners. Why don't you guys do a video blog, YouTube channel? Oh, and man. I, I always tell them that um, you don't have the time or energy for it, Eli. Um, thanks. <laughs> Andrew sees me scrambling just to get these things no, produced. He's um, like, I don't know. But maybe this will take. be the impetus because the video is great. I mean, your video skills are as good, if not better, as your audio producing skills. Um, <laughs> well, and to 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 add to that, I am actually currently recording in the Apricot Media and Consulting office in uh, Mahachkala, which is doubling as the semi-official studio for caucus talk east end and i have standing around me six homemade custom-made acoustic panels which are yet to be hung on the walls um but it is like so we're setting up a studio here and we're going to be getting you know the monitor and all this so it could be that the video juices just start flowing that's awesome but that's besides the point so this video are we releasing it today on our facebook page it's released today oh man uh, listeners, go to our Facebook page right now. If you're not yes. already subscribed, Caucus Talk is the name, and this is going to be there for you to check out. You can also go to our website. There's going to be a button or a thing, a dongle on the website. It's like, support our Patreon, blah, blah, and it'll take you to the Patreon thing, or you can just go to Patreon or whatever. Um, yeah, so that's going today. That is not the only new thing. Okay. We are, by the imp- uh, inspiration, initiation, and enabling of our faithful listener, 
Samantha. Samantha? From Moscow, a Karachai. Karachaika. We have a brand new logo. Yes. This has been Which a long time coming. Going live today. I'm so excited about that. I just love it. I love everything about the logo. Yeah. And like, huge shout out to Samantha. She messaged us on Facebook out of nowhere. Who does this? She just wrote us one day, told us how much she likes the podcast. Her English is fantastic. And then she just one day sent us new logos and said, hey, uh, the one you have is kind of outdated. Here's some new yeah. ones. That she just, we didn't ask her. And so we worked with her together. She's an amazing designer. And this is why I'm not a graphic artist because I <laughs> conceived of the old logo and had someone execute it. I'm like, yeah, that looks sort of radio. And it is. Uh, anyway, so she sent us some ideas. We sent some back, kicked up, and she just kept working with us. And she's like busy. It's not yeah. like she has nothing to do. Yeah. So thank you, Samantha. Um, so yeah, we got a lot rolling out today. Uh, the Patreon page, new logo. That's right. Apricot Media Consulting is taking That's over right, the man. world. Um, That's right. So, man, <laughs> listeners, check it out. Go to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, we spent a lot of time uh, working on this, and uh, keep spreading the word. So, and I, I will just say one more thing about the Patreon thing. It's true that with some expanded financial resources, we would be able to expand this podcast, both in terms of quality. There's some now that we're in separate cities, we need to kind of upgrade our gear. Um, but yeah. for the you know occasional video projects, all that would help. And uh, we just know you guys uh, really enjoy this, and we're so thankful for you. So, um, so there it is. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, like we've said this before, but our Listener total in different countries is 94 countries now. Absolutely amazing. All 50, all 50 states in the United States. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, hearing from you like makes our day every time that we Big hear time. from one of you. Um, it's really fun. So yeah. All right. Is that it? I think we're wrapped here. I think that's it. That's long enough. That's for sure. All, all things Dagestan. Um, so yeah. yeah, listeners, like always, we love hearing from you. Um, you can shoot us an email at podcast at caucustalk.com. We have a Facebook page, uh, Caucus Talk, by that name. On Facebook. And then uh, we do have a website, <laughs> uh, caucustalk.com. You can leave us comments, and we're in the process of updating our website, just making it a little more appealing as well. Um, so, a yeah. A bit more like the apricot website. Please, please reach out to us, and um, yeah. If especially our iTunes listeners, uh, we we really appreciate if you can leave us a review. That helps just get make the podcast move up ratings and uh, rankings, and so more people can hear about us. We love getting those reviews as well on iTunes. So, all right, well, thank you, everybody. We appreciate you. This was episode fifty-seven of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. And you now have two destinations, Pitigorsk and Mahachkala, to come visit us. So we will see you when That's you right. get here. All right. So I'm here in, enjoying the, the warm-up fights. And my, my next-door neighbors, my Andi friends, have just laid before me a plate of local plums, which are little yellow plums and local apricots, apricots. So I have to taste them. And mmm. Mm. That pit came right out. They're all like the size of big grapes. That's delicious. Wow. Fortune They're just like popping in my mouth. Mm. 
Andi, Andi. Wow. So these are from the Andi village. What a privilege.